Well, today is a first. I don't ever recall having a baptism service during our annual stewardship season. Perhaps it's the luck of the draw, or maybe it's been intentional, as the two don't seem to go together, baptism and stewardship. Why risk distracting folks from our emphasis on stewardship by having a baptism? Or to put it the other way around, why risk distracting folks from a baptism by making a push for stewardship? Let's just keep baptism over here and put stewardship over there. Well, not today. Today we bring the two together. Two seemingly separate aspects of our faith to see if they might be more closely related than meets the eye. But this will likely be a challenge. Because most of us view our faith primarily from the perspective of our individual self. And so baptism is a cleansing of my sin. It's the day of my new birth. And stewardship, on the other hand, is how I manage my time and my resources. And so sure, as a baptized person, as someone who now identifies with Jesus, I mean, that should inform how I steward these things. But that's about as far as it goes. Seems like an awfully big stretch to connect the two any more tightly than that. And so throughout our stewardship season, we've even reinforced this individual component, asking each person here to take stock of his or her own stewardship, to pray through it, and then to make any adjustments the Spirit might lead you to make. We've also encouraged you to consider the uniqueness of your own stewardship, that no one else in the world has the allotment of gifts, experiences, and abilities that you as an individual have. And so, yes, inevitably, there is this necessary emphasis on the individual when it comes to stewardship. But while this is all good and right, we need to know that it still falls short. It remains woefully inadequate because it neglects something essential about Christian stewardship. It disregards its deeply communal nature. That the church does not simply exist to help you to become a better steward. No, the church exists to be a better stewardship for the world. In other words, let me put it this way. We, all of us here, are baptized into a shared stewardship. So that your stewardship is not your own. You see, if you view your faith more from the perspective of the community rather than the individual, then it's going to be much easier for you to see how your baptism and your stewardship can actually, surprise, surprise, be two sides of the same coin. But in the modern world, with its obsession on the autonomous individual, unencumbered by any external constraint, Free to pursue one's own self-interest and happiness. Oh my, it's going to be difficult for us to grasp the depths of this profound truth. That we are baptized into a shared stewardship. Let me illustrate by comparing the mindsets of two boys. Both fictional, but both true. 
One lives in a modern-day family and the other in an ancient one. Let's call the first boy Brandon. Brandon lives in a middle-class Christian home in the suburbs of Atlanta. He's 12 years old. He has an 8-year-old sister. His dad works as a regional sales rep, and his mom is a part-time preschool teacher. And so when asked to describe his family, this is what Brandon says. Well, you know, my parents, they're nice, but a little strict. My sister, totally annoying. My mom, she helps me with my homework from time to time, and my dad coaches my little league team. Well, that's, that's great, Brandon. What do you want to do when you get older? Well, I'm not sure, he says. I'll probably go to college and have to decide then. Maybe I'll be a pro baseball player or something fun like that. Until then, I really hope I get the new iPhone for Christmas this year. Well, we are all quite familiar with some version of this mindset. I mean, it's how most of us were raised. But let's compare this with another boy, one now from an ancient family, and let's call him Josiah. Josiah lives in a village south of Jerusalem. He has three older brothers, two older sisters, and one younger sister. His family owns 23 acres of olive trees, as as well as 84 sheep and 14 goats. All of Josiah's siblings live in his family home, including his older brother's wife and their two children, his great aunt, and his his grandfather. And so when asked to describe his family, this is what Josiah says. We are descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob from the tribe of Judah and in the line of Jahab who led our family in the war against the Greeks 200 years ago. Before the Romans took over, our family owned 200 acres of olive trees. But things have been hard lately as we have had to sell more and more of our land to pay Rome's heavy taxes. Okay, Josiah, well, what, what do you want to do when you get older? Well, I'm, I'm hoping to learn the skill of blacksmithing, he says. You know, to help the family make some extra money. Maybe even buy back some of our land from the Romans. I'm also learning Hebrew from our rabbi so that I can read the Torah for myself to remember the stories of our forefathers, so that I might continue in their footsteps to carry on our family's legacy. Notice the difference? When it comes to notions of stewardship, we in modern America view stewardship primarily through the lens of the individual. What are my goals in life? How might I use my gifts and resources to achieve these goals? And how can my family support me in this? Such is a stewardship with which we are all most familiar. A stewardship viewed through the lens of the individual. In the ancient world, however, stewardship was always a family affair. It was much more expansive than the needs of any one person. Because it was a question of legacy. Who are we? Where where do we come from? What are the goals, not just of me, but of our family? And then and only then, what is my role within that? How might I serve this great heritage of which I am a part? (laughs) This is a much different kind of stewardship. It's a shared stewardship. And so my question for us this morning is this. 
Which mindset better represents the kind of mindset we as Christians are supposed to have when it comes to our stewardship? What kind of stewardship are we baptized into? Well, the answer should be obvious. It's clearly the latter. For we are baptized into a shared stewardship, a communal stewardship, so that the church does not exist to help me simply to become a better steward. It exists for us to be a better stewardship for the life of the world. Your stewardship is not your own. In the Old Testament, we know this, God entered into a covenant with Israel so that they might steward the blessings of God for the nations. That's the calling of Abraham. And so Israel, they had a shared task, a shared identity, a shared responsibility, one that was rooted in creation itself to be a kingdom of priests, reflecting the life and love of God back out into the world. And here's the thing. Even when they failed to live up to this calling, God's promise remained. I will gather you from the nations, God says in our reading from Ezekiel 36. And I will bring you back into your own land. And I will, what, sprinkle clean water upon you. A a new heart I will give you and a new spirit. And then you shall live in the land that I, what, that I gave your ancestors. And you shall be my people, and I will be your God. I hope you hear what's going on in this passage. This is about renewal and rebirth. This is about being baptized and formed as a new community who will once again be God's people, who will once again steward God's blessings for the good of the nations, to continue the legacy to which God had called them from the very beginning, baptized into a shared stewardship. Of course, we know that this promise comes to fulfillment, does it not, in the person of Jesus and especially in the new family, the new community that he creates. We call this community the church. And I think it's fair to say that at one level, this community is a new kind of family. It's why the early Christians called themselves brothers and sisters, even when most of them weren't related by blood. That's even one of the values here at All Saints that we seek to nurture and protect the church as family. Not not a family in line with a modern mindset, you know, a, a family that exists to serve the aspirations of each single person here, no. But a family more in line with the ancient mindset. We are a family with a heritage to steward. You know, even Paul in our reading today from Romans He speaks of being adopted by the Spirit into this new family, but then he also goes on to speak of an inheritance, right? Something that we have been given, something that we receive as children of this new family to be good stewards of. But what's even more remarkable is that such a notion of the church, the church as family, while much better than most notions of the church, it still falls short. I love viewing the church as a family. That's an appropriate category, but the church is much, much, much more than that. Did you hear what Jesus said to Nicodemus in our gospel reading today? He tells him, Very truly, I tell you, Nicodemus, that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. 
You see, at our baptism, we're not simply adopted into a new family. We are given a new citizenship. We are made citizens of the kingdom of God. Here's how uh, the apostle Peter puts it in chapter 2 of his first letter. You've heard this before. He says, you, the church, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's bigger than a family, isn't it? The church is more than a family with a heritage to pass on. We need to get this. We are a new society, a new kingdom. We are our own political entity with an entire way of life to cultivate and to steward for the sake of the world. When we are baptized, we're baptized into these realities, into a shared way of living that is meant to govern how we do life, how we do family, how we do economics, how we do justice, how we do sexuality, how we do it all. In other words, we are baptized into a shared stewardship. And because of this, the church dares to say a very un-American thing. Many un-American things, but just especially this one. You cannot flourish without taking responsibility for somebody else's children. That's the vow we make at every one of our baptism services, and that's the vow that we are about to make here today. Will you, who witness these vows, do all in your power to support this person in her life in Christ. Her life in Christ? Well, that's another way of saying her life now is, as, as a Christian, as a fellow member of this new family, this new society, the kingdom of God. Will you do all in your power to support her? You're going to have to answer that question. You see, by virtue of our baptism, we now have a shared stewardship. We have a shared responsibility to bring everything that we have, our time, talent, and treasure, to the task of seeking first the kingdom of God, to the task of being a community devoted to living our lives in submission to Jesus and no one else. This, you see, stewardship is not just about personal finances. No. It's about living together as citizens of a new world. <laughs> Stewardship's pretty big. And so, oh my goodness, you should be saying, now I see how baptism and stewardship go hand in hand. No wonder we're calling this season our stewardship journey. Because it's much more expansive than just me, the individual. And yes, I know, we all have our own stewardship questions to figure out as individuals. Of course we do. But these are questions that are meant to serve a greater stewardship. The church's stewardship of the kingdom of God. You see, baptism actually relates to every topic, uh, does it not? Because baptism always reminds us of the bigger picture. So even in matters of stewardship, which we first, at first think is unrelated, even in matters like that, we must remember our baptism. We are baptized into a shared stewardship. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the gift, the sacrament of baptism that, yes, brings new birth and forgiveness of sins and makes a person a part of the family of God. But it also connects us to one another. It also forms us as a new society, as a, as a new community, a, a, a new uh, a citizenship where we are devoted to a different way of living in submission to our Lord Jesus Christ. 
and that we uh, are dependent upon one another in this task. And so as our stewardship season this year comes to an end, may we back up and see uh, that the stewardship is not simply our own. This is a shared stewardship that we are all a part of. We are all called to give everything that we have and everything we are to this collective task, to pass on this great heritage, this great legacy that you have begun in the person of your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.